All right. Hey, can we move this? It'd be awesome. All right. Break. How was y'all's break? Yeah? Uh, spiritual. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'm glad that y'all found the new room and you made it here at 8 o'clock. I was so worried that someone would be at the IT building. Well, I guess it's, what time is it? Probably 8.30. Maybe there are people showing up at the IT building <laughs> who would show up and be like, hey, it's not here and you're 30 minutes late. Sorry. You know? Um, so thank you for finding us. Uh, new time, new place. Uh, this is where we'll be all semester. Um, so please come back next week if you like the plug. Um, I had a pretty awesome break. I had an awesome break. I had a baby. Yes. Yeah, I guess technically my wife had the baby. We had a baby collectively. My wife had a baby. We had a baby. He's awesome. Um, His name is Jalen. He was a healthy um, eight-pound, four-ounce baby. Who knows babies? Yeah, for the guys in the room that don't know babies, that's a big baby. All right? Baby's like six, seven pounds. When it's like over eight, you're like, oh, that's a big baby. Yeah, he was a big baby. Um, yeah, he's awesome. He's, he's my, my little boy. So now I have two kids. I have a girl. She's three and a half. Um, she thinks that she is mommy number two more than big sister. She thinks she's just the other mommy. Um, so I have, my, I have my little girl, my little princess, and now I've got my little man. Um, and so he's awesome. Um, I want to show you guys a picture. Oh, you already got him up. Are you like flashing through him quick, right? All right. Yeah. Um, is that the first one I put up? There's him. There he is. Baby Jalen, yes. What else do we got up there? Okay, I had the camera ready. This is like the waiting room, and she obviously couldn't be back there until like everything's like cleaned up and things. And so I came out, I was like, and I just like, she just saw me before I can even say like it's time. She just like takes off a dead sprint. I'm glad I had the camera ready. Just took a picture real quick. So this is my daughter, Jerrica, running at full speed to come see her brother. She was that excited. So that is Jerrica. All right, what else we got up there? Okay, this is her feeding him. Oh, yes, I know. Yep. Do we have any more? How many more did I stick up there? Oh, yeah. This is daddy and his boy. Um, I'm pretty happy that my, my son looks more like a Gerber baby than an old man. Who knows the old man babies? <laughs> babies either come out with, like, big cheeks and, like, no wrinkles and they have a little bit of hair. Or they come out, with like, bald with, like, a tuft right here. And they're, like, wrinkly and look like an old man. I feel like I don't have an old man baby, which I like. <laughs> and then here's my family. My smoking hot wife, does it look like she had gave birth like 30 minutes before? I know. Smoking hot wife. We're talking about dating and relationships. Listen to me. Okay? I have a wife that's, that has had two children and she's still smoking hot. Okay? I'm going to teach you a thing or two. All right? <laughs> so, this is us. So, um, this is my, my, new, my new addition to the family. It was an awesome experience. Um, you know, um, people that tell you that birth is like so beautiful, it's not it is not. I almost passed out. No joke. For real. With Jericho, I was fine. I'm just like, in Jessica's face right here, I'm like, just focus on her face for the next six hours. That's all you got to do, just right here in her face. And I did good. And so with Jalen, it was the same plan, like sitting here right in her face. And then the doctor said something like disgusting and alarming. And you know when someone says something, you're like, huh? And I did that. And I looked. And then the room started like spinning. And they're like, I'm going to sit down for a few minutes. And I'd sit down and then get back up. I'd be good for a few minutes. And I'd sit back down. And I was waiting until, like, everyone started to get really excited, like the doctor's thing. And they're like, okay, I need to be up for this part. Okay. It was awesome. It was awesome. But it was not beautiful. <laughs> All right. Um, so that was, that, was, uh, that was part of my break. Um, seven days later, though, Jalen got sick, which was scary for an infant to get sick. They don't have an immune system. So things can go from, like, bad to worse really quick. Um, so seven days in, he started getting a little cough, 
Um, we were monitoring his fever and his temperature. Um, Jerrica actually was sick before, so we were trying to, like, quarantine her, but you saw the picture of her, like, running full speed. There was, like, hardly any way to quarantine. Sick girl from baby, and we tried our best, but it just didn't happen. So he ends up getting sick and gets a temperature, and they're like, as soon as it gets over 100, you need to take him into the ER. So we take him into the ER, and they, they um, take him on back. And, um, you know, the scary thing with babies is it's, it's not like you can just like, okay, well, we'll just see how it progresses over the next four hours. It's like in four hours, it can turn from like some virus to like pneumonia and they have no, no defense mechanism against it built up yet. You know? So like we have to run a, a battery of tests. We have to run tests for everything on him. And so here I am, I have this seven day year old, like infant baby that like breaks if you move him the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like infant baby. And here I am having to tell the doctor, uh, they're asking me, like, okay, we're going to have to draw his blood. Can we draw his blood? Yes. Okay, we're going to have to give him an IV. Can we give him an IV? Yes. And it's like, okay, we need to take an x-ray. Will you hold him, like, down so we can take an x-ray? And he's hating every minute of it. He had to get, like, urine samples, so they had to do, like, a catheter. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, yes. He had a little a little man surgery on day number two, and so this area is already sensitive day number seven. All right? So here's like catheter going on. And, uh, and then the worst part, they're like, um, we need to test for meningitis. We need to do a spinal tap on him. Yes, literally like take spine fluid out and make sure that he doesn't have meningitis. So it was like x-rays to make sure he didn't have pneumonia, spinal tap, make sure he doesn't have meningitis, urine stuff, um, blood samples. He's had IVs. This is all on day number seven, you know, scary. Um, turns out he had RSV. It's a respiratory virus. They said, we've caught it early. Um, the doctor actually said, you know, of anything, if your kid is sick this early, this is what you want it to be. You know, we caught it early. If it went untreated, it could turn into pneumonia. He's here. He's, he's fine. So, um, so Jalen is, is healthy. Jerrica is healthy now, but, um, it got me thinking like how mean does daddy seem on day number seven? You know, think it's, it's, you can laugh at that. Yeah. Like imagine you are seven days old and all of a sudden daddy's sitting there and people are poking you with needles and, like, shoving things in places you don't want things shoved, and, like, holding you down while you get x-rays, and needles in your spine, all this, like, how mean does daddy seem? Like, it's just, it's heartbreaking, you know? But why did, why did I do that? <laughs> because I love him. Because I love him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's just a point, you know, being a dad is awesome, but then there's sometimes it sucks, and it's doctor's visits, and bedtimes, and discipline, and you know, stuff like this, but it's because I know what is best for my kid better than they know sometimes, you know? All right. So that was my break. Um, my kids are well, they are awesome. Jalen is now, what is today? The 17th. He's 18 days old. He was born on the 30th of December. And so, yeah, so that was my break. I have had an awesome break. Um, not a ton of sleep break, but a good break. So, um, so we are, Starting the plug, and I'm so glad y'all are here. We are in our series, Cupid or Stupid. Anybody feel like this about dating? Like, Cupid or Stupid? Is this just like an idiotic thing that we do? Thank you, a couple of honest people. I appreciate it. Yes. Um, You know, we're going to be talking about dating, sex, and relationships for the next four weeks. Um, And as I'm like trying to put together, like, what do we talk about? I start thinking about like how idiotic relationships really are. When you really think of like, how dumb are we to like get into relationships? seems like 95% of them are awful, you know, and you have different, gr- you're, you're like always hopeful that you were going to be the 5% of normal relationships. But then how, let's play a game called like that guy, like don't be that guy or don't be that girl right now. How many people know, know the one, the, the couple that is like, everyone wants them to break up. 
and they are miserable together and they make everyone miserable around them, yet they will not break up. Who knows that guy or that girl? Don't be that guy, okay? How many people know the people that are like nauseatingly happy and giggly? And you're like sitting there trying to have a conversation with your friend and instantly they completely forget who you are and they pick up their phone. They don't even say, I got a text message. Hold on. It's just like they pick it up. It's like, (laughs) texting back, you know, (laughs) they're texting for the next 45 minutes. Those are people like forget all who all their friends are. Anybody know? Don't be that guy. Okay. How about the guy that makes out with anyone of the opposite gender if they have lips? Anybody know that guy? Yeah, we all know that guy or that girl, but don't be that guy. Okay? There's another group. There's another group. I like to call them the Eeyores. It's the group that are like, oh, no one will ever date me. I had a boyfriend once in the third grade. I should have stayed with him. It's the Eeyore group. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. And then last... Oh, this is going to get you girls. Where's my celibacy group? I've written off men for the rest of my life group. Uh Uh-huh. It's, oh, no. Uh Uh-uh. I don't need no man. I do not need them. Uh Uh-uh. They only want one thing. Guess what? They ain't getting it here. Ever. Never. Right? Seems like 95% of the relationships we know can fit into one of these categories, yet we still find ourselves getting into relationships hoping that we're the 5% of like the normal relationships where everyone still likes you and you're happy. You know? Like, why do we do this to ourselves? Um, you know why? I'll tell you why. It's because we are wired to want to be in relationships. We're just wired to want someone to love us, want to, someone to care about us. You know, most of us here are wired to want to be in a relationship. Now, there are some of you that are not. Some of you celibacy girls, maybe it's true. Just know some of the celibacy girls go from the giggly, goofy, happy (laughs) to the I'm writing off men forever group real fast. Real fast. All right. So anyways, um, yeah, Uh, Paul writes about it in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And we have it right here. He says that some people are made not to be in relationships. He is one of them. He says, I wish everyone were single, just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God um, of one kind or another. He says, you may have this awesome gift just to be single. Think about my life right now. I've got a wife. I've got two kids. They, They pull some of my attention, a lot of my attention. I have to be dad to two kids and husband to a wife. And then... Chi Alpha pastor, director, right? If those were not, I, I'm one of the, does not have this gift, so I'm married and I'm not wishing that this was the case. But if I did not have wife and two kids, I would have a lot more time to be doing the Lord's work and ministry, right? So he says some people have this gift not to date, just to be single and just go and do the work for the Lord, okay? So most of us probably are in that group, right? Right? If not, I got like two rights. All right, the rest of you guys, we do these things called Chi Alpha internships. You can be on staff with me and Kevin. We can use some help. All right, if you just want to do ministry the rest of your life, that would be awesome. We need some help on this campus, okay? But if you are called to some of the ones that are, that are not, don't have that special gifting, and you are called to be in, day, in a, a relationship, to go be married one day. All right, we need to start talking about this. I feel like it's something that is pertinent to this campus, correct? It's something that we should talk about that no one talks about. I'm going to need a little more than that from y'all. Yeah, okay. Okay, good. We are wired this way. We are wired this way. It's okay. Paul says some are wired not this way, but a lot, most of us are. 
okay? And so, some people can take this to an extreme. Some people like, oh yeah, I know I'm wired to find me a man. I'm going to find me a man. And these are the person that, that is never single. Who knows never single girl? Uh-huh. Lots of never single girl. Anybody know never single guy? Lots of never single guys, okay? You know, uh, it, it is almost as if for that person, if you are it, it, singleness, it like might as well be hell, right? Like if I'm single, it is hell. If I am in a relationship, oh my gosh, it's heaven, right? Right? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to need more. I'm going to need some feedback that we're getting this, right? Right. There are people that make out relationships to be like, if I am single, it is hellacious. I am in like a functional hell. And if I'm in a relationship, I am in functional heaven. It's beautiful, right? Um, now I know this is a lot with girls and sometimes with guys, but we do this with a lot of things. We make up a functional hell and a functional heaven. All right. Um, Mark Driscoll is a pastor out in Seattle. And he says the best way to tell what people's functional heavens are are to go to the magazine rack at like Books a Million. And you just look across and you're like, okay, there's like the muscly magazine. You know, guys that make it out to be like, my functional heaven is like I'm jacked with lots of muscles and I'm skinny here and I am big up here. You know, like that is heaven and being like fat and scrawny is hell. Right? You guys know that? Okay, you have like interior design magazines, right? And some people are like, I need the new couch, and I need the new curtains, and then I need a new rug, you know? It's like interior designed house is like, boom, if my house is perfect, I am in heaven, and if it is messy, I'm in hell, right? Okay, what else do we got? Um, there, who's, who's like my, I love the guitar magazines. I play guitar. I love guitar magazines. And like when you open one of those things up, it's like everything is like gold. Like there are so many like pedals and chords and amps and new guitars, and I need them all. Right? Like, I need those things. We make those. I, I have made those things heaven in my, in my book at one point. Like, that's heaven. And when my crappy stuff that I have, that, I'm in hell, you know? Or uh, golf magazines or beauty magazines. We can do whatever. Like, shooting par or under par is heaven and bogeys are hell. Or beauty. It's like, all right, if I have, like, the perfect makeup, if I get that perfect shade of eyeshadow just right, I am in heaven. But if I do not buy it, I will be in hell. Right? <laughs> here's the thing those magazines those things are not bad things but if we are making them out like we are in hell if we are single it is hell if i do not have that guitar pedal it is hell if i am not beautiful you know the problem with having like functional hell and functional heaven is we need functional saviors you know oh someone's getting it yeah if you're if your hell is like my guitar equipment sucks what is your functional savior guitar equipment now you're in now you're in heaven right if it's like muscles if i'm scrawny and weak and not not strong then it's like protein shakes and then something that tastes even nastier than a protein shake and then pills and before you know it, you cannot pronounce the things that you are putting into your body and those become your functional savior to get to you to your functional heaven <laughs> guys i know you're giggling like oh shoot <laughs> You know, with golf, it's like, it's like the new Callaway irons. You need them or like some pro V one golf balls. I need those. And you end up spending $45 on six golf balls that you are going to shank into the woods. <laughs> Trust me. I have bought them. <laughs> they spin more. You have to know what you're doing to play with those things. So if you shank them, they do not correct your shank. It's worse. Anyways, <laughs> 
Girls, who's got a Maurice's credit card? Nobody? Good for you. All right, good. <laughs> Girls, sometimes we, it's like, man, I, my wardrobe is so ugly. I've been wearing it forever. I need new things every week to make my wardrobe awesome, and then I'll be beautiful. You know, the wardrobe becomes your functional savior, and we worship functional saviors. Look at this. If your hell is singleness and heaven is relationship, who is your functional savior? Your, your BF or your GF. <laughs> your boyfriend, that girlfriend, becomes functional savior, and we begin to worship those things. We begin to worship those things. We put them in the place of, that real savior should be. We start worshiping those things. These aren't bad things. It's not bad to buy new dresses. It's not bad to buy Pro V1 golf balls. You're good enough to use them. It's not, it's not bad to work out. Those are all good things. Work out. Don't, don't be fat and lazy. Just She walked in an oopsie-daisy is all that came to my mind. May no beauty in the beast. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Here's, here's the test to know if you have a functional savior. It could be anything. I mean, all of us have them. And you need to figure out what they are. Here's the test. What have you talked about more this week? Is it golf clubs or golf balls or that new dress or that boyfriend, that girlfriend? You know, what have you talked about more this week? Those things or your real savior? What have you researched or studied online more this week? Is it the sales that are going on? You know, is it Men's Health Magazine? What are the things you have read more of? Is it those things? Or is it like your Bible? Have you studied the Bible, God's Word? Have you studied who He is more this week? What are you putting in that spot? What are the, it, it, it can be multiple things. You can fit in multiple categories here. But what are we putting in the place of God? What are we worshiping instead? You know, we think about like, idol worship we always hear about that and we think like someone with like a statue of like some sort of like mermaid and you think that that's like god and you start worshiping the mermaid and bowing down to her or something like that we think well that's an idol but no we can make a girlfriend or a boyfriend an idol we can make golf clubs an idol we can make muscle pills an idol we can you know what are we putting in that place that we are then worshiping what are you looking at more? What are you thinking about more? What are you talking about more than Jesus? Okay? Here's the problem with having these functional saviors, especially when it comes to a girlfriend or a boyfriend, is they cannot fill the void that is in our hearts, that we, we were made for a real savior, not a functional savior, and we try to fit girlfriend or boyfriend into that hole, and it doesn't work. We start putting all of these expectations on that person. Thank you. Thank you, Lydia. You know, can't fill that savior void. And all of a sudden, they, they can't make you happy. They can't make you happy all the time. They're not always there when you want them to be there. They let you down sometimes. I've been married for five years. Jess and I have been together almost eight years, seven and a half years. There are times when she lets me down. You know? What happens then? World blows up. I'm writing off men forever. Get out of my life, man. We write off the system. This system, functional heaven, functional hell. I tried it. I tried to put this savior. It didn't work. The whole system is flawed. Get it out. Right? 
a boyfriend or a girlfriend cannot fill the, the hole in our life that God is supposed to be, that Jesus is supposed to be. He, they cannot fill that void. And one of the biggest mistakes that we make, one of the biggest reasons why we date, we're going to look at three reasons why we date. One of them is this. It's to fill this void in our life, to fill our loneliness void. We are lonely and we are searching for someone to fill it. Jesus is who fills it, not a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Because when they let you down, you're just going to be back lonely. All right, so let's suppose that we've got this on lock, this whole, we are not dating for the loneliness void. We've got Jesus in that spot, right? Okay, some of, some of you are like, okay, that's me. I, I know Jesus is in the right spot, and I still want a boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't have that gift that Paul was talking about. I still want to be in relationships. I still want a boyfriend or a girlfriend, Okay, so let's look at some, some qualities that you maybe want in that person, okay? Let's look at some qualities. You tell me yes or no if you want some of these. What do you want? You want them to be patient. Let's just look at the left side. you want them to be patient or kind? How about jealous? No. Boastful? Cocky. Rude? Demanding his or her own way. No. I'm about to trip. What else do we got? Irritable. Would you like to date someone that's irritable? No. Okay. How about someone that like keeps record of all your wrongs? No. How about rejoicing about, would you like them to rejoice about injustice or about truth? You don't want, you don't want to date someone's like rejoicing about injustice. Yeah. Lots of babies are dying. Africa. Yeah. Kill them. You don't want that? No. Huh? Interesting. Okay. You want them to be persistent. Yeah, that would be good. Girls, would you like a guy to be a little persistent? Yeah, guys, you taking notes? Okay, be a little more persistent sometimes. Okay. Faithful. Would you like them to be faithful? You, you, sure? You sure? You want faithful? All right, I'm with you. How about hopeful? You want them to be hopeful? Yeah. How about you want to endure through any circumstance? Like, man, even if you have one of your crazy, crazy five days of the month, you want them to endure through all those circumstances? By chance, one day you're married and you have a baby and your hormones are going crazy. Jess is going to listen to this. We're podcasting, by the way. We're going to do a podcast. She's going to listen to this. I don't care. She, she, went, she went a little hormonal. It went crazy. I had to endure through lots of circumstances for the past couple of weeks. Lots of crying, crying mixed with laughing. It was, anyways, you want those things in someone, yes? Yes, we want this list, yes? Well, yeah, we don't want this list like the jealous, but what we answer, we got it? We want those things. Look at this verse in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Sounds like you want someone to love you. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. That sounds awesome. We want that in someone else, right? We want that in that girlfriend or that boyfriend, right? My question is this. Are you these things? Oh, you want that in someone else, but oh, but oh. You know there's someone looking for the one right now. And you may be that one. You need to be, go back to that list. Yeah, go, well, we'll go to this in just a second. You need to be this list for someone else. Before you can be, before you can find the one, we're always trying to find the one. We want to find the one. I want to find him. What if you find him and you suck and you are jealous and boastful and cocky and rude and they dump you? Dang it. Lost the one. (laughs) 
Start working on being the one before you find the one. That's what we're talking about tonight. Next week, we will talk about how to find the one. But tonight, it's about you. Be the one before you can find the one. So how do we do this? How do we be the one before we can find the one? Look at this scripture, 1 John 4, 16 through 17, right? We just said we need to love. We need to be love. We need to start to do that more, right? I need to be love. I need to be that list of things. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's always hopeful, always faithful, right? We need to be those things. Okay, look at this verse. God is love, and all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, this whole God thing might be the answer to becoming more of those things. To start to be the one, we need to live in God. So our love will grow more perfect. Look at this verse. How do we do that? How do we start to live in God? Look what Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6. But you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all of these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life. Along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. He says, he says run from these evil things. Run from evil things. Pursue righteousness. Guys, let me be honest. If you are going to be the one, you need to start. Whoa, that chair just about broke. If you are going to be the one, you need to be a person that pursues righteousness. You need to be a person that is pursuing righteousness, that is pursuing God. Now, righteousness is such a big topic. We could talk about it for the next 17 years here at Chi Alpha, what it means to be righteous. But since we're doing a dating series... I feel like the area that we got to go to is sex, guys. Got to talk about it, right? What does righteousness look like when we talk about that in dating? That's the thing that's going to come up quick, right? All right. You know, to talk about that, I want to first go back to the story with Jalen. Think about Jalen. Here he is laying on a table, getting a spinal tap that daddy said, yes, you can do that. I have to sign a thing that says it's okay if they... Mess something up, it's daddy's fault, because I said yes. You know, catheters and drawing blood and needles and IVs and all this stuff. Why did daddy do it again? I love him, yes, but I can love him and say no, I don't want him to be hurt, right? Yeah, daddy, daddy knows what's best. Daddy knows what's best, better than child sometimes. Daddy knows what's best. And you can imagine Jalen having no clue why he's getting spinal taps, no idea why he's getting IVs, just thinking daddy's a big meanie. The reason that daddy is doing it is because daddy knows what's best. We say, God the what? God the what? Father. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? God the Father. And I know that a lot of you maybe came from homes where your dad sucked. And so you hear God the Father, you're like, "Mm mm-mm, you better not be like that. God is a good father. God is a good father. And he knows what's best for us. Even if we don't understand why. Even if it hurts. Even if it sucks. Even if it makes no sense at all. Even if it seems like, seems like it would have been better not to get a needle shoved in my back. You know, daddy sometimes knows best. So let's see what daddy says. We need to have that perspective of what God says about sex and dating. You need to understand that. Daddy may know better than child especially when we are in infant stages of our walk with Jesus. When we are babies in, the, in, in Jesus, it makes no sense. I take Jericho to the doctor 
she's three and a half. She's been to the doctor a few times. She still doesn't like it. She still doesn't want shots, but maybe I can get her to like open her mouth and get them to swab, swab in the back of there. And she knows she's going to choke. Maybe I can get her to do that. You know, she's starting to understand a little bit more that doctor is good because she's been going to the doctor a little more. But when we are new in God, maybe some of you are not new in God. Maybe you've been a Christian for 15 years, but you've never to put, put God in your relationships before. Then you're still in like infant stage of relationship. It may hurt. It may suck to do what he says. But we have to understand and know and trust that he may know better than, than, than we do. All right, so let's look at these verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against you, is against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? It says this, run from sexual sin. No other sin clearly affects your body as this one does. Run from it. Run. Okay? A few verses earlier, verse 13 says this. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food, but you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord and the Lord cares about our bodies. Okay? Look at this one in Romans chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living, real Savior God, they worship idols, be boyfriend or girlfriend, made to look like mere people, birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth of God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created, like people, Boyfriends, girlfriends, instead of the creator himself, who's worthy of eternal praise. Amen. You guys getting, getting the fact that Jesus says, God says, sexual immorality, bad. You guys connecting the dots there? Bad. Okay, Mark gets it. Does everybody else get it? Bad, yes. Heads nods. Okay, the next question is, okay, I can believe that, but what is that? I see sexual immorality all over. I see these, this word, but I don't see it defined anywhere, so I will make up what that means. Anybody ever done that? I've done that. Stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> all right. Here's our definition. Hey, wait. Before we get it off of there, get it off of there. Not yet. This is going to hurt. You ready? It's going to hurt. Okay, look at this, Matthew 5. You've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. This is Jesus talking, by the way. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Jesus said our, our list. He said, if you've gone past lust, it's too far. If you're lusting after that girl, if you're lusting after that guy, it's already gone too far. That sucks, doesn't it? It sucks. You're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> you know, some of you here are probably saying, okay, I, I see it in the Bible. I see it there. You know, but everything, no, I may, I can, I can give up. Okay, may, maybe since I really love Jesus, I will give up like actual sex. But maybe, I, I don't know, I can't give up almost sex. You guys know what almost sex is? Christians like to have almost sex. And then you say, no, well, I'm still a virgin. I'm still good. I had almost sex, but not real sex, right? <laughs> I know. It's like one of those faux pas things that we're like, that's pretty dang funny, Richard, but I can't laugh at that. 
<laughs> you know, here's the thing. Let's go back to the functional savior thing. Maybe it's not a girlfriend, boyfriend relationships. Are some of you making your functional heaven sexual contact in any form? What? I don't care how little, how much, something. That's my heaven. Abstinence. It's hell. That's hell. Your functional savior becomes whatever girl will just go down. I know that sounds crude, but if you're thinking it, it's crude. That's what you're, that, that is your, your savior then. You are making that out to be your savior. You know, your functional savior. So that's the second reason why we date. Back to happy. Second reason why we date. Look right here. <laughs> oh, I never defined lust. Sorry. Yeah. Intense sexual desire or appetite, uncontrolled or illicit sexual desire or appetite. You know, if you're like, well, I have sexual desire, but it's not intense. Okay, then good. You'll have no problem getting rid of it. (laughs) Right? Okay, good. All right, second reason why we date. Are we there yet? Yes, to fulfill your sexual desires. First reason why we date is to just fulfill a loneliness void. Second one is to fulfill your sexual desires. It's not always the case, but a lot of times, top one is girls, and the bottom one here is guys. You know? All right. Look at this verse about this. Fulfilling your sexual desires. What is love? Love does not demand its own way. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. That's what love is. It's not demanding your own way. All right. Y'all want to get to the third reason? Third one's way better. Y'all ready to move on? Okay, good. Third one is good. Let's go there. Third one, to find the one. I can't think of people that date for any other reasons than this. Loneliness void, sexual desires, or to actually find the one. Find that person that you want to marry. You know? <laughs> so how do we, how do, we do this? If, if this is, this is the only good reason, by the way. I don't know if you've caught on to that. This is the only good one. We're going to continue with this more next week. How to find the one. You know, number one and number two are bad. If these are yours, if this is why you're dating someone right now, dump them. For real, dump them. Sorry if you're sitting next to someone that you're dating and they're going to dump you. (laughs) Come back next week and I'll teach you how to find the one. (laughs) Look, if if you are going to find the one, if that is the reason... Why you want to date someone. That's good. You've put Jesus as your real savior in the right spot in your soul, in your heart. Awesome. And now you still want to date someone for the right reason to find the one. You need to start being the one. Right now. Look at 1 John chapter 4 again. God is love, and all who live in, in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Live in God. This semester, live in God. Live in God. What does that mean? What does that look like? It means coming to the plug. Come here. This is awesome. 
But I always use living in God or, or, or spending time with God as an analogy of like taking a shower. If you take a one-hour shower once a week on Tuesday nights, you are going to stink on Friday. If you just come to the plug to live in God once a week for one hour on Tuesdays, you are going to stink by Friday. Okay? Get plugged into Chi Alpha. Get plugged into our Alpha groups. I cannot tell you how much they will change your life. So we have eight alpha groups going right now. If someone is wearing a green shirt like this or a black shirt like Kevin is wearing, it's got the big Kyle Alpha logo on the back. Ask, <laughs> nice. Ask him about alpha groups. Everyone wearing one of these shirts is leading an alpha group. I even came up with a good script. So you don't even have to try to figure out what to say. Do we have that? Okay, right here. Here's you. You have to find a person with the green or black Kyle Alpha shirt. Walk up to them and say, hey, I'm blank. Just put your name there. Okay, we'll put this up afterwards too, so it's real easy. Put your name right there. And they will say, hey, I'm Mark or Kevin or Richard or Bailey or Haley or, you know. Haley here's not wearing a shirt. She's leading one too. <laughs> hey, I'm Haley. She will insert her name there. And you say, cool, how can I help tear down? We got to tear down all this stuff. We need some help. That'd be awesome, okay. And they will say, well, you could carry these big heavy speakers outside or something like that or girls will give you girly jobs (laughs) that would be super helpful and then you say this okay i need to get plugged into an alpha group as well when does yours meet you know you don't even have to like them it could just be a front you don't even plan on going to theirs but you just want to know when the rest of them it's fine just ask them when there's meets and they'll tell you the time right they will say a time Uh oh it's getting it's getting a little little uh shadowy down here when they tell you the time You have two responses. One is, okay, cool, that works, right? Number two is, hmm, I don't know if that works. When do the other ones meet? They'll send you to the other people, okay? Get into an alpha group, for real. These are are more than Bible studies. These are our groups that hang out during the week. We try to hang out during the week. We try to study the Bible together. Let me tell you this. I've said this before here in Chi Alpha. I was involved in campus ministry. I'm still involved in campus ministry, but this is, this is my ninth year in some form or fashion of campus ministry. I don't remember any sermon that a pastor ever spoke. That sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, I didn't take notes or anything. I don't remember any of them. But what I do remember is every single name of every single person that has ever been in a Bible study small group alpha group that I've ever been in. And I remember when it's like, my day sucks and that girlfriend broke up with me or whatever it is, or life is falling apart, the people from my alpha group are the people that would knock on my door and say, hey, let's go get something to eat. Let's go get some coffee. Let's just go hang out. Jesus calls us sheep. Sheep are stupid. And sheep die if they're not in the flock. Okay? Be insulted. We're stupid. Especially when it comes to following Jesus. We're real stupid. We think we can go into like that girl's bedroom that we met at Retrievers at 1.30 in the morning. Think we can go into a room and be like, oh, remain sexual pure. I'll just, we're just going to talk. We're stupid. We're sheep. <laughs> we need a flock. You need a flock. You can't fly solo. The wolves will eat you. Floozy at Retrievers is a wolf. She will eat your heart out. <laughs> Guys, do you know who is not? A wolf? Mark. Mark. He's not a wolf. Getting his alpha group. <laughs> Getting my alpha group. Getting Kevin's. They're Nick's. They're Taylor's. Got lots of alpha groups going. 
All right? Live in God this semester for real. Choose to live in God this semester and pursue righteousness. Some of you have lived an old lifestyle that you know is leading to death and you know is leading nowhere good. And you have tried it and you know it sucks and you are still trying to find the way out. I beg you, try God. Live in God for a semester. Get into an alpha group. We're going to close with this. Sin in our lives is a disease. It is something that will kill you. It will send you to literal hell. And I don't ever get heavy on the you're going to hell stuff. But it is a disease that will kill you and send you to hell. Just like my son had a disease. He had a respiratory virus. And as I'm sitting there, completely broken, trying to fight back tears as he's going through all of these procedures and the needles and everything that I've talked about already. Going through all of this, I'm sitting there through a spinal tap, through an IV, through all of these things, rubbing his head, just saying, Jalen, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And the amazing thing about babies is this, is you could walk into the room that Jalen is in and start talking and he's not even going to care. Daddy walks into the room and he hears my voice. He immediately turns and hears and and looks for me. My voice calms Jalen down. The voice of the father gave him peace. The voice of your father will give you peace when everything seems to be going haywire and hectic and crazy. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to him and I'm giving kisses on the forehead and I'm rubbing his head and just saying it's going to be all right. And I'm telling him, I wish, I wish that I could be me instead of you. If it could be me, I'd choose that in a second. Oh my goodness, I wish, I wish I could be there, but you got to do it. It's all right. The awesome thing is our God, God the Father, sees sin, sees this disease that's, that's killing us and he's right there whispering into your ear, rubbing your head, saying, I'm sorry, if it could be me, I would take your place. And guess what? He did. For real, he did. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins so that we will not die and go to literal hell. He gave us a literal savior so we can go to literal heaven. We can literally be with God. Look at this verse. I reworded this verse, the love verse about God. He is God. He is patient and kind. He is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. He does not demand its own way. He does not demand his own way. Think about that with God. I was like, why doesn't God just demand us to worship and serve him? Because he loves us. Love does not demand its own way. He is not irritable and he keeps no record of being wronged. He does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. He never gives up on you. He never loses faith in you. He is always hopeful of you. He will endure through every circumstance for you. Thank God. Literally, thank you, God. Y'all pray with me. Thank you, God, that you never gave up on me, that you continue to have faith in me. You continued to have hope in me when I was a stupid, lost sheep at 18 years old, giving my life to you. 
thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for being kind. Thank you for never demanding your own way, but letting me come to you. And as we're praying with everyone just heads down, eyes closed. If some of you are realizing who Jesus is and who God is and how much he cares about you, how much he loves you and who your real savior is right now, if you just slip your hand up so I know, that'd be awesome. Awesome. Yes, awesome. Anybody else? I see both your hands in the middle. Yes, awesome. Anybody else? This is awesome, guys, for real. God for real loves you like an awesome father. Good. Good. Everybody just keep your heads down. You all got a card when you came in. If you're one of those, uh, I saw, I saw three hands. If you can, there's a box on the back that says like, I just for real gave my life to Jesus. Please check that box and drop it in the offering boxes as we're going to pass them around during the last song. Everybody please fill out those cards. If you want to make a commitment to be the one before you find the one, please check that box. We want to know if the plug is effective, if we're doing a good job. We want to know who you are. If you want to help with Alpha Team with a, with a setup and tear down, um, that's on the back of the card. Please fill that out. We need your help too. Jesus, thank you for the three people that I saw and hopefully even more than that that I did not see that see you as their savior, their real savior. God, we thank you so much. God, you said if you could do anything to take our place, you would. And so you did the ultimate thing and you gave your son. I'm humbled by it. I'm amazed by it. I'm in all of it. I feel not even worthy of it. Jesus, a perfect, awesome, sinless man, went and took my place so that I can have eternal life, so I can be with you. God, thank you. I want to live in you. I pray for strength and courage and boldness for this group that is in this room right now to choose to live in you this semester, to pursue righteousness, to pursue you, God, to get into alpha groups. God, we are going to change this campus when we have a group of people that really understand who you are, what you've done, how much you love us, how much you care about us, and act on that. I pray that everyone in this room would start to get ideas and visions of exactly what Kayla was talking about. What are we good at and how can we tell people about an awesome, wonderful, real Savior on this campus? God, we thank you so much for tonight. We love you. We for real love you. You deserve to be loved. We ask all of this in your name. Amen. Y'all give God a hand. That's awesome. And stand up with us.